0: Um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com courses. Thanks for the support.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Alex Grodnick, and this is Moving Up, a podcast about secrets to success, struggles along the way, and life in general. Today in the pod, Scott Barlow from Happen to Your Career podcast. In the pod, Scott lays out a strategy for how to figure out what you should be doing in your life career-wise that is, in how to find your authentic self. Literally my favorite topic ever. So let's just get straight into the conversation. Hey, Scott, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm more than a little bit excited to be here.
1: Yeah. And I love the voice too. It's just such a perfect voice for audio. I'm sure you hear that all the time. I
0: I have heard that a lot, but it does not get old. So
1: I, I appreciate the compliment. Yep. So, um, let's just get into who you are and how you got to where you are. I mean, you're like a, uh, an incredible, I want to, I want to say life coach. I don't know if, 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 that, if that's how you describe yourself, but you've got another cool podcast called Happened Your Career. And really, you're just trying to align people's passions and helping them get paid for, for doing their passions.
0: Yeah, we do. We do a lot of exactly what you just mentioned and really kind of at its core, we help people identify what makes a really compelling career for them. That is meaningful, that is exciting to them on a day-to-day basis that hits all the right buttons for them. And then we help them go and get that. So, uh, I have a I have a team of career coaches. Actually, started out with just me, but now we have an entire team of some of the best career coaches in the world, and uh, and we get the pleasure of helping people do that day in and day out for the last oh my goodness about seven years now. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, now that I say it out loud. Hmm.
1: Well, that's amazing, and I definitely want to central focus this podcast on exactly what you said of how to identify what you should be doing and then how to go get it. But let's, uh, let's get the background out of the way. How, how'd you become this? I mean, were you like a little kid growing up, running around, giving people advice?
0: If only I can be a career coach, that would be my life. You know, it didn't work out that way. Um, I wanted to be an architect when I was a little kid. Uh, because I loved to draw. And I thought that people kept telling me like, oh, well, you can draw really well. Like, You should be an architect. And that's how it started. So that is where I wanted to be an architect. However, I realized that a lot of the things I was interested in doing and how people were telling me, well, you're good at this. You need to go do this. Um, As I started exploring those, I realized I didn't really like those Options or things very much, so I actually went to school and I changed majors uh seven eight, nine times. I lost count at some point i was I was one of those people and it, you know, it took me a really, really long time to be able to sink my teeth into something that I felt really good about, and I, I did that. Uh, I, you know, I started out actually doing coding, and <laughs> and then realized I didn't want to write code in a closet, and then moved towards uh, something like studio recording, which honestly I didn't anticipate would actually be helpful later on. Now that uh, I run a podcast, but then, uh, you know, made my way through several other different moves. Eventually, found business. And then realized, hey, this is something that I'm actually enjoying, and I started taking marketing classes, uh, human resources management classes, all kinds of different business classes, and really just became a bit enamored with those pieces after all of the that trial and error. And you know, I was on the five year plan for for school because I changed majors so many times, and in doing so. A part of what it it taught me is that, hey, uh, there has to be a fair amount of experimentation to really understand what it is that, uh, that you enjoy and what it is that you love. And then so I figured, okay, well, I've got it all figured out. And I went and I got my first professional job, which was in Portland, Oregon. And I counted myself really, 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 really lucky because I had a job offer before I graduated school. I was, you know, I thought I had it made at that point because it was a good job. I was actually going to be leading a team of uh, 20 people, as crazy as that sounds, like straight out of college. And uh, it paid pretty well. And all my friends and family were telling me, hey, this is amazing. You've You've got to do this. You've got it made. And so I listened to them, even though I wasn't really actually that excited about the job itself and i took the job i moved my brand new bride to portland oregon and I started working down there and i hated it it was <laughs> it was terrible so much so um it was uh, wrong fit in terms of values wrong fit in terms of you know i wasn't i was kind of terrible at a lot of the job to put it mildly uh it just the wrong fit in a lot of different ways, but the money was good. it appeared to be a great job from the outside, but it got so bad. I remember at one point, and I was commuting by the way um you know up to three hours a day, you know hour one way, two hours the other way. so I remember at one point as uh, sitting in traffic you know stopped traffic and you know watching people walk faster than than I was driving at the time, and looking around and just like wondering is this what every people like everybody goes through? Is this what work in the real world is really like? And I was looking at all the faces and other cars trying to figure this thing out and realized that it was, it was pretty terrible and, uh, and it was even impacting my health. I'd gained like 50 pounds. And at that point in time, I realized, look, I've got to do something about this, any, anything. And so I decided, okay, well, and this is about a year into it. It took me a year to decide that I had to do something about it, but I finally got the courage to go and talk to my boss and my boss was in another state. So I called him up, I set a meeting and then I told my boss, Hey, I think maybe this job isn't a great fit for me. And, uh, and he he said yeah yeah you know, okay tell me about it and he asked a few questions and yeah at that point in time it felt so good to just like have it out on the table that this you know maybe wasn't a great fit and apparently he really strongly felt the same way because 3 weeks later he fired me and that was not what i expected to happen
1: I mean, that's a real lesson. I feel like you walk into your boss's office and say, I don't like this job. And you've already said you're terrible at it. Like I don't know where you go from there.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was definitely the right decision for him. I did not see it coming. And in hindsight, I would have had the conversation completely differently uh, in how I shared that and how I consulted with him and everything like that. And probably for him, it was maybe the only logical conclusion. But it still felt pretty terrible. But the great side of it was, you know, I, geez, if I hadn't done that, I could still be there. Like if they hadn't fired me, I actually know somebody else who is still at that organization and still kind of going through this. I don't know if this is great, or not great. And I could still be there to the, to this day, like wondering if I should, I don't know, stop the commute or whatever else. And and I'm not. And I, so I'm really, really thankful that that happened so early in my career because, uh, it forced me to learn how to make career changes. And it forced me to you know, actually even, even driving home after I got fired, after I was like super embarrassed um, because my boss had... Uh, told me that I, he came up and, you know, this was three later. He told me that I was um, going to go a training and he told me to call all my, all my, you know, local people in that I was in charge of. And he got there and said, Hey, guess what? You're fired. You know, here's severance. Uh, if you get up in front of the room and I go ahead and, you know, share that you're moving on, <laughs> or you can walk out with two weeks pay right now. So I sucked it up and then you know, drove home and realized that I never, ever, ever, ever wanted to go through that again. So I made the promise to myself that I've got to figure out how to do this differently. I've got to figure out how this you know, doing work in an enjoyable way, in a fulfilling way, while still making really, really good money and still having some of the other things that I want out of life, how, how all of that really works. So... In the end, it was wonderful because it thrust me into that situation where I had to figure that out and had this huge drive to never go back to that exact same situation again, where I was stuck in a role that just was a terrible fit, terrible company. And uh, you know, I was, I was terrible at quite frankly. So that's what propelled me on a 10 year journey to figure all of this stuff out. And then later on, people started coming to me, coworkers, friends, and they're like, Hey, how did you? How did you get a forty thousand dollars increase and change and change industries and change you know occupations at the same time? Or you know how did you actually figure out what you wanted to do? And I kept finding myself in that conversation again and again and again. And I realized I wanted to go and start a business. So I was trying to figure out well what should I be doing and made the connection that hey people are already starting to offer me. To offer to pay here, and they're taking me out for coffee all the time and sending me really nice thank you letters. why couldn't this be what I do? Yeah, and I mean that's such
1: an authentic path, right? like if you said if you had not walked into your boss's office and you'd probably you could maybe even still be there because the money was good, and society said everything you're doing is is good, so it took. That kind of shaking up, and then you get to go on this path of getting other jobs, and you start to see like what your real skill set is. Really interesting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've gone through a little bit of a similar path too, in terms of you know gone the gone the route that everybody else told you you should do, and that you you know thought you wanted in some ways, and then realized that you know maybe that wasn't it. So I'm curious. You know, from your perspective, what was what was you know one or two of your big takeaways as as you kind of went through that same thing?
1: Yeah, it's it's such an interesting time because, like I told you before we started here, you, could, you work your entire life to get one of these prestigious investment banking jobs. Everyone in the world is like you know blow, blowing off champagne corks. You're making a hundred thousand dollars out your first year out of college. It's like, all right, like I'm going to be the king of the world, and you get this job, and everyone's still telling you you're the king of the world, but you don't like it. So it's like, it took me many, many years. I wish I could have done it in one year. It took me several years of doing it and changing jobs and still like, just could not figure out what was right for me. I'm like, I'm still just trying to chase this image of what society says is right. So then I went to business school and it was just so clear when I took this class and the professor, it was like a leadership type type course and uh, and the professor said, we're going to, Find out who your authentic self is, and I was like, okay, sounds sounds cool. And he was like, the way you're gonna, do, yeah, yeah, the, the way we're gonna do this is like, think of your life as a movie, and you're in the current state of the movie, but like, go rewind back to you know when you were the, your earliest memories, and as you're winding back through the DVD of your life, look for the moments where you're particularly engaged or confident or happy, and kind of just make note of uh, of when these times are. And so, fine, I'm going through my life, and I wrote down I think six or seven instances. And then afterwards, I'm looking at this piece of paper, and I I wrote down a bunch of times when I was starting businesses or doing something entrepreneurial, and it's like, wow, it's light bulb moment, so clear. It's like, I was always the entrepreneurial kid. I was starting businesses left and right. Then I got caught up in what society said I should be doing, left my true calling. Then I go to business school, and it's like, you need to be a startup founder. You got to be an entrepreneur. You got to have your hands... Getting dirty in in things, and so uh, from that moment on, I was like, "All right, I need to stop chasing all these jobs." You know, where I go work with people from Harvard and Wharton, and and do what is actually authentic to to me, and that could mean you know owning a dirt farm for all I care, but like washing cars, like I was doing growing up. But like that's when I'm true and authentic
0: and really fulfilled. That's so funny, though, and I'm continuously find it really, really interesting that there are always traces, like every single person that we ever get the opportunity to help there are always traces there someplace. Like I just heard you say, I was watching cars growing up. (laughs) There were traces of these things that you knew that you wanted early on. And when you're going through them, you don't necessarily pay attention to that in that same way. And I say you, but I really mean all of us because nearly everybody experiences that. So that's super cool that there was evidence of that for you all over the place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm a, I was an entrepreneurial kid. I come from an entrepreneurial family. I was like – the first person in my entire family, aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents, like ever like worked for someone else. So it like, it clearly, you know, wasn't what was in my DNA. i um, Am I glad I did it? Of course, like going to do these invested baking jobs, like now I've got a, a great skill set, you know, like my dad who's just been a serial found entrepreneur his entire life. He's always like, oh, I wish I could do spreadsheets. Like I wish I understood finance the way that you do. Cause I've always had to hire those people. and I'm, And then I see him and I'm like, well, it. I, fuck it! I, I wish I was just like a, a a scrappy founder like you are, and and forget like the formal training and stuff. But you know, it's like everyone wants what they, what they don't have, um, and so now I'm just trying to like combine these two worlds of like, hey, I've got this skill set of finance, and um, but like, how do I apply that to like starting a, a startup?
0: That's something that I've always found fascinating too. So behind almost every story of every single person that we've helped because we a lot of times we'll get people that you know have gotten into some initial initial job initial career you know started out their career in one area and have realized well maybe this is not it for me so whether it's you know investment banking or whether they have you know gotten into market like whatever it happens to be and then they realize something's missing something's wrong something's off however you know as we start it working with them and exploring what actually makes a really ideal career for them, not only do we find some of those traces of what they really want to be doing that have in some ways been there all along, that is part of who they truly are, like you were alluding to earlier, but also at the same time, we find that uh, those previous experiences that they have, that maybe now they don't want to continue a career path there are actually really really helpful in ways that they don't anticipate because a lot of people think about it in absolutes well if i am a nurse those uh, you know those skills are not going to transfer over if i am doing finance for an organization and i want to move into um, operations management or HR or something like that. Those skills are not going to transfer over. If, <laughs> But really, we find that actually they do as long as one, you know what you're looking for. And two, you really understand how to talk about them in a way that is l- relatable to other people, other organizations, and how you can pull out the the benefits and how you can put them together. I mean... So you're a great example of that, but also think about like, oh my goodness, anybody who's done a great job in business, it doesn't even matter. I've I've, um, run this test a lot of of times and almost everybody who's done a phenomenal job in business that is world-renowned has had multiple disciplines in one way or another and multiple experience sets. And, uh, And we see that again and again and again because that's what allows them to... Add something new to the table. That's what some, allows them to be unique in some ways, and those are the types of things that that we're looking for. Especially when people are trying to figure out their own path and trying to make a make a change, you can actually work with the your past experiences. You can work p- with your past skill sets rather than against it. And a lot of people come to the table thinking, "Well, this didn't work out, so I need to do something completely different."
1: Right. I mean, or they they say, you know, like. As you kind of alluded to, I'm, I'm a nurse. Like, I'm, I guess that's it for me. I gotta just like go be a nurse. Maybe I can like be a nurse at a different hospital or a different doctor or like on a different side of the table or something else. But like you're saying, no,
0: like you don't have to do that at all. The kind of the there's a lot of opportunities for you. Yeah, it, I mean, so okay, so let's take uh, an actual example here uh, to help bring it to real world. So we we're working with a guy named Keith, and really cool guy. Um, he's <laughs> he's actually. Uh, really eclectic with his experiences. sets. So like through college, he uh, you know played in a band, but uh, his degree was in finance. Um, you know, toured with his band for a little while. Uh, just really, really cool guy. Like badass dancer, actually. Too. And uh, anyhow, he. Uh, but his his entire career has been in finance up till up till now. And as we started working with him, we realized that even though his current company. That he started with and has been working with for a little while is wrong fit for him that actually finance as a whole and you know he's worked um he's worked around a lot of different types of investing that's primarily where he spent you know the majority of his career up till now he all of that, all of the content and you know subject matter and everything is actually really great for him. It's just that the company that he's been aligned with is a terrible fit because what they believe and what they need and what they reward are not some of the same things that, uh, that are valuable for him or that match his values and what's important to him. So we actually started, you know, when we first started working together with them, we started identifying other, co- organi- well, first we started identifying what he actually needs and what he wants. And he realized that he didn't necessarily want the traditional stuffy type of organization, but he really did absolutely love some of those pieces of finance and particularly investing. And we started identifying those organizations that would be a match. So we started looking at you know places like, let's see, what would be one that people would have heard of People have probably heard of the the motley fool, right? So he started looking at organizations like that that were just a better values fit for him. And those are the those are the types of things that we realize um, that it may not be like, hey, I'm gonna go from investment banking to beekeeping. Like it doesn't have to be that extreme of a transition. It doesn't have to be like what you did necessarily. It's right for you where you went from, hey, I was I was in this one world and went to in some ways. Um, you know, a totally different sector, you know, that entrepreneurial type, but still you're, you're still interacting with this original world that you were involved with too.
1: Yeah. And it's still a finance startup. So you're right there, 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 there's some carryover for sure.
0: Yeah. And instead, what we realize is a more helpful, um, approach is looking for, first of all, identifying what it is that you want, what you're great at, have the potential to be great at and then looking for where those commonalities are in other organizations. Because if you stop and think about it, it's a little bit like going on a road trip. Um, You may not necessarily know all the experiences you're going to have. You can't entirely predict the future. You don't know what the weather is going to be like, all those types of things. But if you don't know where you're going on the road trip, you don't have a destination in some ways. But if you don't know that you're going to St. Petersburg, Florida, we just went to St. Petersburg, Florida, not that long ago, then. Uh, It's going to be really, really difficult to get to St. Petersburg, Florida. You're going to, I don't know, end up in Montana or I don't know, Southern Idaho someplace or something like that. And it's going to be incredibly difficult to be able to get there if you don't have a destination. So by starting to figure out, hey, here's what I actually want. Here's what is important to me. Here's what I actually need. And here's what I'm great at. And here's some of the pieces that I enjoy, like we were talking about earlier, then that allows you to begin to create this destination. And once you have that destination, then like Keith, who we were talking about earlier, then we can start to identify organizations and where you might find that, and then it becomes a whole lot more possible to do that in a way that really brings in all those things that are transferable, that are great, that are valuable, and are assets in a lot of different ways too. Yeah, that that makes total sense. Well, here's a here's a um, <laughs> another way to to think about it too, and this. Uh, when you're talking about things like values or strengths or whatever, like it starts to get really intangible and maybe even boring really quick. Right. Like it's like, okay, so values, but what the heck are values really? So here's a way to think about it a little bit more, more tangibly. Um, I've got, I've got little kids, So, you know, when, when I, when, and everybody's probably done this, everybody's probably built like a puzzle or something like that. But, you know, when my son Grayson was, building a puzzle for the first time. Like he was grabbing at all the pieces and he was just like pulling two out and he was like mashing them together and making this weird sound. He's like, "Eh," and it's totally not working. He's getting frustrated and whatever else. So Instead, you know, I went over and well, I watched him for a while and I was trying to figure out what is he gonna do. And he just got more and more irritated and more and more frustrated. So I sat down next to him and showed him, here's how you build a puzzle. and everybody knows this. Like you start with the corner pieces, you pull those out, those are easy to identify. And then you know, afterwards you can start to pull out all the edge pieces. And once you have all the edge pieces separated out, then you can organize those together into a frame. It's much, much easier to do that. And the crazy thing is, once you have that frame built out on your puzzle, it's much, much easier to start to recognize, Hey, you know, here's uh, here's different colors. And you can start to recognize what the picture actually might be. And, you know, at the time we had like lots of little, I don't know, Disney puzzles. So Donald Duck's arm or Mickey Mouse's ear or whatever else, you know, that is starts to be recognizable. And the funny thing is, careers work the same way, no matter where you're at, whether you are, you know, just uh, getting out of college or whether you are 30 years into your career, it still has a tendency to work the same way. And where similar to a puzzle, those corner pieces, are your strengths, particularly what we call signature strengths. And I can tell you more about that in a minute. But then that puzzle frame is what is most important to you. Those edge pieces that help you build out the frame are what's most important to you. What are your highest priorities? What do you value the very most? And the thing that nobody thinks about is that once you've done a great job understanding what your strengths are, because we've got a ton of really great data uh, and a lot of great research out there that says that you know when you spend more time working in your strengths, then you actually have a tendency to be more productive. You enjoy life more. You enjoy your job more. You work more. Like There's all kinds of really great benefits, even linked to less, less uh, heart disease. Um, really, really great data to spending more time in your strengths uh but once you have identified your strengths and you've got those corner pieces and then you use those edge pieces which are identifying what's most important to you not everything that's important to you but what's most important to you so like maybe flexibility and autonomy or working remotely or uh it it's different for different people but whatever is most important to you um that helps create that set of edge pieces and then you can begin to build out that frame and much like when you're building out that puzzle like Grayson was uh then you can start to see what what is potentially in the middle for you? And then you can begin building it out. And what we find is that most people, especially people at the beginning of their careers, are getting into one or two different situations and are like, oh, man, my boss sucks. Or, oh, man, I wish I had you know more flexibility to travel. And then they're like, okay, well, I got a, got a crappy boss and uh, I don't have enough vacation time or you know, flexibility. Like, what do I do with that? where do I go now? And then you're stuck. You're like Grayson, where you're like trying to mash those two individual pieces together and it doesn't work. But instead, when you go through and you know, build it using the puzzle method, then you start to create what we call an ideal career profile. And think about that almost as like a checklist of what you must have going into your next role or next career situation. And that allows you to be so much more intentional and then begin building the puzzle out from the inside.
1: Yeah. Scott, I mean, I love the analogy of Putting the edge pieces and the, the frame around the puzzle, and you start to figure out you know where the pieces are going to come next in your life and career and, and journey. So, is it as radical as yours was? Like, do you need to walk into your like once you realize like okay, here's here's my strengths, here's here's what I'm good at, here's what I want to be doing, here's what I value. Do you need to like my existing career is not giving me any of those things? Do I walk into my office boss, my boss's office and like say fire me? Do I quit? Is there like a way to like dip one toe into this and start to test like something on the side? Like what's next?
0: Well, once you know what that destination is, then we, then it starts to vary for people because then we're uh, looking at well, what is the shortest path to be able to get there and what can that look like? So, you know, for some people, that might be, uh, I don't know, maybe somebody wants to be a doctor. I mean, there's you know, a lot of limitations and regulations around being a doctor. And if that's really what they're excited and passionate about, uh, first of all, we're going to want to test that first. And uh, before they go and spend another, I don't know, six plus years in school or something, we want to make, make for darn sure that that's actually what they want to be doing. So we design a way to test that. But then you know, if they really want to be a doctor, then we're going to look at what is the, what is the best path Which potentially means most effective or shortest way to make that happen. And if that's school, great. You know, if it's not, you know, maybe it's not a doctor. Maybe what you really want to do is be like Keith and, be able to talk to people about investments every single day, but you want to do so with a lot more freedom, flexibility, and uh, additionally, even even higher pay. But also um, with a company that you know that has the same values you do. Then we're going to figure out, okay, well, what is the best way to get there? And like mentioned earlier, we want to take some time to actually validate that you're heading the right direction. So if we have built out this ideal career profile and use the puzzle method, like we're talking about, then. Um, I don't want people to make this... I don't want people to like rush into their boss's office like, like I did and say, Oh, I think I made a bad decision. And then, boom, you're fired three weeks later. Like That doesn't... It, it helped me in the long run, but it really was uh, you know 10 years later before I realized. And now that I've been through that, I've realized there's actually a better way to do it. So instead, we really can do that um, through smaller methods. And we can actually validate that we are heading the right direction by designing some experiments first. So, um, and I think that's part of what you're alluding to, Alex. Um, and when I say designing experiments, we've got a variety of different ways that we help people do that. One, we call the social Goldilocks, which here's how this looks. Here's a quick example. So we had, uh, her name was Laura and she had worked worked for a while in the same company. She kind of moved up the ranks a little bit and had kind of all the same things that you were talking about earlier, where everybody's telling her like, you're doing so awesome. This is an awesome job. Like you're doing amazing. You've got all the things. It looks great from the outside. You've achieved the dream. And she was, she didn't like it. She was bored. She didn't feel like she was growing. She's making pretty good money, actually really good money. Um, She's in like the top 2% of all people in the U S and, um, and it wasn't working for her, quite frankly, but she felt like she needed to stay for the money a little bit. She had like just, just, um, you know, come to the conclusion that she had to do something about it. So we started working with her and she thought, hey, I want to take some of these experiences, but I really want to move into something like innovation or something like product management. And we said, okay, that's great, but this is not our first rodeo. How can we test this out? So, we had Laura actually go and connect with a huge variety of people in both product management and also in innovation. And she found out that, hey, I actually don't really like innovation at all. So it saved her from making a, like going to all this effort and making a career change and everything like that. And then on on flip side, she found out actually, hey, there is something to product management, and I can use some of my past experience there, and it can translate better in ways that are really enjoyable to me. And here's how she actually did this. Here's how she connected with people. We had her actually connect with, you um, know, some people on LinkedIn. But for the most part, as crazy as it sounds, we'd actually have her just pick up the phone. You'd find contact information on LinkedIn or or other places. It's pretty easy to find contact information a lot of times on the web um, and pick up the phone and say, Hey, you know what? I'm actually considering making a career change. I I found your contact info from, uh, from here. And I am really interested in what you do. Would you be willing to chat with me for 15 minutes sometime? And, you know, Allow me to ask you a few questions about what you're doing and, and what you enjoy about it, what you don't like about it. And, you know, can, uh, can we do that? Can we schedule a time to do that? Is that something you'd be open to? And, you know, f- consistently 50 to 70% of the people would say yes, because we weren't asking them for a whole lot. And we were giving the context in which why we we're calling. We weren't calling to sell them something. We weren't calling for a job. You know, and you know, that's part of the reason why wow. Laura had pretty good success right there. And instead, she got to go and first of all, find out that you know, some of these areas that she was exploring were not right for her like innovation. And other areas could be really, really right for her. So now that she had some signs pointing to her in the right direction, she ended up talking to a couple companies that she was really excited about. And then it was much easier, in her case, to be able to shift it from, hey, I'm trying to explore and figure out if this is the right direction for me, uh, to, hey, I loved what I heard. And I would be really interested in in working for Uh, this type of organization and doing something in product management. You know, what advice would you give me to be able to make this happen? How could we make this happen? And it became a change in the conversation, but now she already had the relationships with people on the inside. So it really, she was in a position to have a different type of conversation too. And they liked her, uh, uh, you know, from how she approached it and just, she did so in a way that fit with her personality and her strengths. And it became a much more organic way to both, make sure that this was going to be a right fit for her and to build relationships and then have a head start once she actually decided that she wanted to do that. So we take different types of ways to experiment that sure. are multi-purpose. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, it's just
1: like the startup world. You're trying to de-risk everything as as much as you possibly can, as quickly as you possibly can with as little resources as you possibly can. So it's like, how can I like get signal from you know showing something seeing something doing something um, that will inform my decision making down the line yeah i
0: I, uh, I really like it yeah and you're exactly right like you picked up on the i think the most valuable piece that most people miss and that's <laughs> i shouldn't be surprised at all that that's totally what you pick up on that's pretty awesome uh, but you're right it mitigates risk and even more so than that not only does it mitigate risk it actually saves time like so that people don't have to go through what I did and like I had to you know make a job change and make another job change and like do all of this thing to figure it out and this helps actually speed up the process because as it turns out we've only got so many years on the planet anyways. Yep. So Scott, I mean I love everything you're talking about.
1: Um are there are there resources where people can like come and you know get into more of this and find their puzzle
0: pieces and hear more from you? I mean, how do people do that? Yeah, you know there's a couple of different resources that can really help out. And depending on where you're at, if um, if you've heard any of this and you're thinking, yeah, actually, this could be really helpful. One of the best resources that we have is the Happen to Your Career podcast. And we get tons of feedback from our listeners literally every single day you know, telling how it, just the podcast itself changed their life. So I would start there. And that's a, you can search Happen to Your Career on any podcast player. It'll pop right up. And that's a great place to start. If you're trying to figure out some of your own puzzle pieces and you're like, well, I'd really love to r- get hyper-targeted and begin identifying what creates a great career for me and really get much more clear, then we've got uh, a little mini course that we've put together that we've had, um, geez, about 30,000 people through at uh, this point in time. And you can you can go through it, go to figureitout.co. That's figureitout.co. And that will, you'll put in your name and email address and it'll actually send you an email a day for eight days for the first eight days. And then it'll give you a small exercise to do every single one of those days to get you started thinking differently about it. And then, you know, from there, we've got a whole variety of other resources too that you'll get access to. So those are two ways to just get started. Go to the podcast, happen to your career or figure it Co instead of com, figure it out.co. And that'll, that'll give you access to the that little mini course to get you started with some of the same exercises that we actually do with our, our students and clients.
1: That's great. Well, Scott, I mean, pleasure speaking with you. Thanks so much for uh,
0: for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. I uh, This has been awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. All right. Talk to you soon.
1: Thanks for listening today. If you like moving up, the best way
0: you can support us is by telling your friends, helping us grow. Thanks.